Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we're wrapping up a week of talking about our skills masterclasses where we've been discussing training split specificity for your skills masterclass to ensure you build a full weekly training split for balanced results. And today is all about the press to handstand. Good morning, everybody. Great to be here. If this is your first show with us, my name's Yanni Bullmeister. Across the table is my brother, Rad. And behind the mixer is Richie, the voice of God. We are Unity Gym, the Unify Movement System. Big shout out to everyone. If you're watching on YouTube, take this opportunity to smash that like button. It does support the channel. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think about today's discussion. Remember, this series is brought to you by our epic 12 days of Christmas sale. It's still charging until the 24th of December. When you join UMS Online Coaching, you'll get 14 days free trial, and you're going to get every one of the masterclasses that we've spoken about this week included in your subscription fee. That's an additional 1200 USD of UMS masterclass value. I know if you have been listening all week to this series, I gaffed that at the start and said it was 2000. I got the calculation wrong and Rad corrected me yesterday. So I do apologize about that. Today, we have a very, very important discussion because the press to handstand is something that you obviously cannot do unless you have some level of handstand skill. I like to think that you'd be able to at least hold yourself in a handstand for 10 or 15 seconds consistently. Maybe every once in a while you fluke a 20 to 30 second handstand, Uh, but you need to be able to get up in the handstand. You need all that base level of conditioning because You know, one of the things we've been doing every show this week, which I think is really important, is talk first about the risks that you face if you don't get the programming right for that specific skill. So if you're training for handstands and you do not get the conditioning and the base level, we call it um, uh, preparations phase, where you're conditioning your wrists, shoulders, your neck, things like that, you tend to really, really upset certain areas of the body. We all shared our own experiences yesterday of that. Uh, Rad had a wrist injury, I had a shoulder injury, Richie had a forearm injury, forearm tendinopathy. Uh, it's, it's just very intoxicating when you start opening up a new skill and you have to do it a lot because that's the way you get better at it. But if you're not pre-prepared for it, you do run into problems. And what Rad said yesterday was very poignant. If people that are as strong and capable and conditioned as the three of us end up injured doing handstands, then if you're, you know, if you're just diving into it for the first time and you're not properly prepared, the chances are you may as well. And don't stress about it. It's probably part of the process, but there are better ways to train. And that's why we create these masterclasses. What do you think, Rad? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you, you know, you, you definitely need a base, uh, a baseline level of ability. But, you know, that said, I nailed a press to handstand before I could do a, a long handstand hold. I was in that category that you said where I could probably do about a 10 second handstand and fluke it every now and then for a 30 second handstand. And um, yeah, geez, it was a lot more work than I expected. And I'm someone that I've seen people that I was better at at doing compression strength when they started asking me questions and within a year or two, they're now better than me at it. Um, Quok is a good example. I'm looking at Quok, what he can do now with his um, uh, straddle, straddle, V-sit, his straddle hold. Um, They actually call it, I think they call it a straddle L-sit, anyway, whatever it is. Uh, You can see it on his Facebook page or Instagram. That's so much better than anything I've ever been able to achieve. and. And when he started, he wasn't even close to where I was. So following out, um, 
you know the the steps he's he's gotten a, a great result yeah but you have a um spondylolisthesis yeah that's what i mean yeah i've got points your hips in the wrong direction yeah, to be able to fucked. do that I yeah. hate it. Put so much fucking work into that, and I just can't get bloody. Yeah, better. it just it just means um, you've got to fight your genetics. But, but I still got to press to handstand, and it took me a hell of a lot of work to get there. And uh, yeah, it was one of my probably my proudest moment with calisthenics. It's the um, the thing that I really wanted. Uh, I think it's a it's a really great skill, really great um, demonstration of strength and flexibility and and skill. And and yeah, it was it was a proud moment for me. And, that's where the um, Preston Handstand Masterclass was, was created from because we did a lot of research in how to do it and, and how to unlock it ourselves and then, you know, turned it into something that was a, you know, a simple three, um, you know, three-phase program to, yep. to demystify it. So, you know, yeah, look, we've, we've been speaking about load management and injury risks, of course, all week. And if you, you know, listen to any of our shows before you, you you really should pay attention to what we say about that when it comes to this. The idea is that you you, you do need to prepare yourself um, with foundational strength training. Yep. Um, it can't now, just be press to handstand training. Something that I thought about after yesterday's show is that this series, we're going to be using this series um, and breaking these videos up to go out with the specific masterclass that we're talking about. And there is a very high probability that people are going to listen to each individual show not having listened to the whole series. And so the one thing I did want to do on today's show that I, I think we failed on yesterday is to actually just pre-frame and build some context around what is load management. We explained it really well on the first couple of shows. We didn't do it on the last couple. Okay. So load management, very simply, I think Phil's cup analogy is a great, uh, a great way to do it. Phil is our resident physio who usually graces the, the chair next to me. Uh, he's away coming back next week uh, he uh, he says you know think of load management or, or load capacity your body's load capacity as like a cup you know and we've got this uh, with this cup I'm, I'm showing for the people on the podcast uh, on the video here your training uh, exposes you to stimulus to load and each part of that, each little bit of um, exposure is, is like putting water in your cup. It's filling up the cup, filling up the cup. The more resilient you are, the more training you've had, the higher your training age, the, the stronger you are, the bigger your cup, the more load you can expose your body to before it overflows. And overflow being an injury or an overtraining um, experience where you, you, know, you might suffer some pain and have to regress a little bit or go into full-fledged full rehab and see a physiotherapist, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we we really want to make sure that we're managing how much water we're pouring into our cup on a week on a daily and a weekly basis and there are a lot of factors that come into that you know there are on the macro level what are you doing outside of the gym you know we had a great uh, discussion in the UMS movement mastermind recently from someone who is a laborer or a bricklayer and they're really physically active bending over picking up bricks all day long and they wanted to sort of see what they should change in the program in the UMS especially doing deadly because they're already loading those structures in the body a lot throughout the day and I said yeah absolutely you don't need to hit yourself with as much volume in your workouts because your lower back's already getting a workout at work you know that's what we call load management mm. thinking about what am I exposing my body to how quickly is my cup going to fill up and potentially overflow and then when I introduce gym work 
how's it going to affect everything? You know, mm. you got to think on a micro level in the gym and on a macro level, you know. Mm. And so, yeah, that's load management in a nutshell. We want to make sure that you guys are learning to manage load. And that's something we, we really work hard to do in our UMS online coaching group. Uh, and it's, um, it's something that we pride ourselves on. Teaching yeah. people how to do, how to understand and, that and load is did you did you say that load is the combination of intensity and volume? I didn't. Okay, no. so the, when you talk about there's two real factors that manipulate um, the kinds of exercises you choose and how if you talk about weightlifting how much weight you lift or if you're talking about calisthenics how much leverage you you use and that's intensity and volume and intensity is it refers to how heavy. So if you talk about um, squatting, uh, if you squat 50 kilos or you, um, and then you go up to 60 kilos, you've increased the intensity. And if you go down to 40 kilos, you've decreased the intensity. Volume refers to how much, which means it's a combination of uh, uh, how many reps you do in a set and how many sets you do in a workout. So there's different ways you can talk about volume. You can talk, so volume would be if you're doing uh, sets of five reps and you go up to sets of eight reps, you've increased the volume. Or if you go down to sets of three reps, you've decreased the volume. But then there's other ways to manipulate volume because if you do, um, if you do five sets of five, that's 25 reps. Um, but if you do eight sets of three, it's 24 reps. You've pretty much done the same volume, but in a different way. Um, but so volume and intensity, are the, the combination of both of them refers to load. So you can increase intensity and reduce volume to manage load, or you can increase volume and reduce intensity to manage load, or you can increase both or decrease both, whatever it is. But, and it, it, I, remember it, I mean, it took us even a while, like Richard, Yanni, Phil and me, we all understood this on a basic level, but we actually had to have a conversation between all of us to make sure that we were all on the same page as to how we were gonna communicate this with people because for a very long time, we all communicated it differently. We all mm. had a different definition of what intensity was and a different definition of what, of what volume and load was. And we had to all come together and go, well, hang on a minute, let's define this so that we're all saying the same thing and the same message. So if you, if, you know, when you wanna, like talking about skills masterclasses, if, if, you're, if you have access to any of our skills masterclasses, you're trying to achieve something that goes well beyond the, I just wanna change my body a little bit. Yeah. Like you have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge that you've made a decision that you wanna unlock something that is at a high level. Yeah. We're talking middle splits, pancake, back bridge, when it comes to flexibility, front splits. We're talking handstands, press to handstands, muscle ups when it comes to calisthenics. These are, these are not basic things, you know, and in the world of gymnastics and calisthenics, it might be considered basic skills, but for, the, for what the average punter that goes to the gym for, this is high level stuff. This is the stuff that when you look at the gym, you're seeing the, you know, the guy or the girl that is the fittest and strongest and most flexible person in the gym performing yeah. this stuff. So when you make that decision to do it, you have to respect that you, you cannot anymore just turn up to the gym and just go through the motions. There's a level of planning and preparation and management, load management, that is so much higher than anything you've ever done before. So until you wrap your head around load management and, and, and you know, mitigating injuries and managing the injuries that you've got until you really go deep into understanding this stuff and understand that it's not gonna be a matter of listening to one show and going, oh, I got that, cool, sweet, let's move on to the next thing. It's gonna be a real process of, of learning how to manage this load and learning how to make sure that you don't get injuries.
Yep, absolutely. And with the uh, with the press to handstand, it's it's quite. Um, I, I guess uh, it needs to be highlighted because one of the key elements of a press handstand is compression strength. Mm -hmm. And for most people in the very beginning of the journey, compression strength is a beast to train because your body will have never contracted muscles, these muscles in these sorts of positions. And you, you just, your body, your muscles just don't know how to respond and go into spasm most of the time. And we get, we get people all the time who, you know, can only contract in, in a, in a compressed, um, uh, position for, for seconds before they're in really like cramp. uncomfortable cramp, yeah. you know, and uh, and these cramps are a really normal part of the process. And the way that you are, you overcome them is that you just you sort of don't focus on them and and do more and more of it so that your body starts to just go, okay, this is all right. I'm not going to need need to do this anymore. So the volume in uh, training for a press to handstand. Is, uh, is really quite important. You're gonna be doing it a lot. Now, I wanna just um, pre-frame before we go further into this discussion. When we talk about today's Press to Handstand Masterclass, we are going to assume that you have done the Handstand Masterclass, so that you have done the wrist conditioning and the basic core conditioning yeah. and all of that, uh, because it's not included in this program to that degree. And we had, we, yeah, it's we made the assumption weird. when we Designed this program that it was that it was going to be a progression somewhat from the handstand masterclass. Yep. Okay, so everybody who if you've just if you've just got this standalone product or program, you really and, and, and like there's either two ways you can go about this. Either you already have a really nice straight line handstand and you've done all of that and you've got to that level and that's great, or if you haven't started at all, you need to go back and get the press, the handstand masterclass and mm -hmm. go through that program first, yep. because it does all the basic conditioning of your core, shoulders, and hands, yep. and that's absolutely critical. You yep. will absolutely ruin your wrists if you start practicing press to handstands without that. Where this program differs is it starts to really work on compression strength and flexibility in the pike and the pancake in the straddle position. Yep. And that those two areas are absolutely critical for a press to handstand. You you just simply can't even get your hands on the floor in a nice position if you don't have the flexibility. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, in the same way that a, that a handstand is critical for this, there's a certain level of flexibility that is absolutely essential for yep. this. If you don't have a decent um, pancake and a decent to start with, position, yep. you don't have a chance of doing a press to handstand. Um, there are people that can do them that don't have a decent um, uh, pancake, but they are so goddamn strong. Yeah. And the way that they muscle up, when you look at it, it's so inefficient. And if you don't have a, I don't use this word very often, but if you don't have a superhuman level of strength, then the, the lack of flexibility, there's no chance you're going to do it. So again, the discussion needs to come in that the flexibility masterclass is also a really essential thing to have done or you need, you, you at least need like when you start this press to handstand program, you need to be able to get a pancake where your legs are completely straight and your spine is fully extended and, oh sorry, like, like straight, erect, like not yeah. curved forward at all and you at least get to probably I'd say about a like past 45 degree angle, like at yeah. least just past there. That's where we were when we started. So we might think of that now and go, oh no, you don't need that much. Um, you need more than that and, and more is gonna be better. But I think we were about there when we started this journey and we still managed to unlock it. Yeah. Um, so 
but that said, within the Presto Handstand program, there is a lot of pancake training. But if you don't already have a decent pancake, you're, you're going to need to do more work than what's in there, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. And then if we talk about, if we, if we really keep talking about, you know, training dosage, frequency and intensity, um, this is a program that we, uh, we strongly recommend you don't do more than twice a week. Um, it's very demanding. The fatigue that you're going to feel from the compression strength is in the hip full flexes, on yeah. in the hip flexors. You will need at least 72 hours to recover from it. And for a lot of people, twice a week is even too much. Um, we had one of our really uh, highly accomplished um, students, Connor, who was doing the Preston Handstand program, and he asked after a month or two of training, he said, man, when I go into these workouts now, my hip flexors are so sore still from the last workout. What am I doing wrong? Should I be doing more compression work? And, and the answer was no, you should do less. Yeah. Um, if, if that's you, you can, there's, you can still do the press to handstand training twice a week, but you remove the compression strength component of it on that on that one day, um, and you need to allow your body to recover. Yeah, the thing the thing with uh, when your hip flexors go into sort of spasm and and start to really uh, lock up and feel uncomfortable, it can make your lower back feel really bad because yeah. they're they're essentially originating from the lower back and running through the hips to the front of the. Um, the femur bone yeah. uh, and it, it it really does make you feel tight in the lower back it can feel quite uncomfortable it can be uncomfortable walking around it can be uncomfortable sitting in a chair yeah. like it's really just and not, if you not find cool. that that's you and if that feeling is just there with you all the time um, don't think you need to do more of it you, you actually need to do less of it yeah, you need let it more, settle down you let need the more recovery before you do your next session rather than thinking I need to do more of this to make myself yeah. stronger at it um, and play around with that and this is what we mean about understanding load management takes time because you'll have to play around with it but it's far more common that people get load management wrong by doing more yeah. than that people get load management wrong by doing less that, that it's so like pro i reckon it must be like five percent of the time people get load management wrong by not doing enough 95 yeah. percent of the time they get it wrong by doing too much absolutely and not understanding how recovery creates the adaptation absolutely now very quickly i want to give a shout out to everyone who's tuned in on the live stream to the ums movement mastermind group if there's any of you who have a skill that would we would you would like to know where to fit it into your training split split um ask us now uh shout out to lee she's uh, jumped in said hi uh, i would like to know whether any of you have a skill that you that we haven't discussed this week that you would like to know it can be like a squat a deadlift a uh, an overhead press a bench press you know, it, it can it can be a weightlifting movement. It doesn't. It's not reserved strictly for um, calisthenics. And uh, and then let's talk quickly about. Uh, let's unpack the UMS um, Press to Handstand Masterclass specifically. What makes it the better way to train to learn press to handstands? Uh, the most obvious thing that I like to always beat the drum of is that Rad, Richard, and myself are all personal trainers first, then strength and conditioning coaches second, and we apply very scientific and methodical strength and conditioning to these programs. A lot of the ways that people have unlocked these movements is just by sheer tenacity, yeah. not through science. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why I really like our calisthenics programs is because we're not a bunch of guys who have been practicing this since we were teenagers and, and, and got the skills really early. We're guys who had to learn after our bodies had gone through all of their adaptation. We came from probably more like military or bodybuilding backgrounds. Uh, we had to overcome postural issues and all sorts of things like that as adults in our 30s and 40s. And, uh, and that changes the game completely, you know, yep. to someone who's unlocked skills 
skills like this in their teens or early 20s. So that's the first thing I like to say. There, this is this is methodical strength and conditioning to unlock a skill. My opinion with the handstand masterclass and the press to handstand masterclass to get to unlock it, the program will do that for you really well. To master it is just time. After yeah. that, you just yeah. have to spend a lot of time inverted uh, to really get like a sixty-second or a five-minute handstand like the pros do. You know, yeah. Yeah. but to actually get up there and be able to do a perfect straight line handstand for ten, fifteen, and maybe fluke a few thirty seconds. That this program will absolutely do that for you. Yep. These these programs yeah, and the press to handstand, obviously. Yeah, for sure, for you, sure. You know, I mean, look, you can see whenever you watch the bumper for our videos, you can see me doing a, a pretty decent press to handstand. Um, it was, um, you know, it's uh, I, I I think it. Uh, you know, I can keep my legs straight. I can stack my shoulders pretty well. Like we we unlocked a, a decent press to handstand, but if you put us next to a gymnast or a um, hand, a, a professional hand balancer, they, they just kick our ass with it and they look so much better and so much cleaner, but it comes at a high price because yeah, it's specialization. Right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta drop everything else, yeah, you, gotta, you know? That's right. So if you get one of those guys in here, we'll do a press to handstand and we'll do a handstand. It won't look as nice, but we'll also be able to deadlift three times their body weight and, uh, and squat probably a lot more, bench press a lot oh, more, run faster, yeah, jump right. higher, yep. you know? All that good stuff. <laughs> So, um, yeah, look, the, the, the idea of, of supercompensation and progressive overload is the same as, as anything else. You really need uh, to understand that. And with this program, you don't need to understand it. You just need to do it. But what I do want to talk about with progressive overload with the press to handstand is that you are getting into a skill where the way that the program is written out from phase one, two, and three, it, it's not that you just do phase one for six weeks and then you do phase two for six weeks and then you do phase three for six weeks and voila, there's your press to handstand. That's not how it's gonna work for you. For me, the, the, the full process of being able to do a press to handstand was about, I reckon about three years, but that was about two and a half years of just doing some basic compression work and that's all I was doing. I was just trying to build compression strength and flexibility, knowing that one day I'd like to try and unlock a press to handstand and then one day trying a press to handstand and succeeding with a feet elevated one. When I, um, that was after you went with Miguel and you worked with him and you came back and said, oh, I learned this, this and this about the press to handstand, yeah. you should try it. And I got my feet elevated, which makes it way easier because when you elevate your feet, you stack your hips over the shoulders. And I did it, I did a really sloppy one, but I did it. And that made me go, oh my God, this is closer than I thought. And then that's when I doubled down on it. And from that point, I don't know, it was about I, six months or so before I got it. But w my point is, what I wanna say is, we always talk about progressive overload, but when you look at the press to handstand program, you you have to achieve a certain standard with phase one before you move to phase two. And I say that in the program, I say you are not ready to go to phase two until you can do X, Y, and Z. It might that might take you six months. It, yeah, it takes it's, it's very, when you start to get. Here's the thing, guys, with calisthenics, and I don't want to. I don't, I don't want Rad's comment just then about three years to turn anyone <laughs> off because. With calisthenics, you are very, very limited to your body's leverage. Like your body's leverage affects how you can do certain movements 
a lot, a lot more than in regular sort of weightlifting. And, and in weightlifting, it still does, but it's not until the elite level where you start to really see that, you know, uh, people with long arms start to out deadlift people with shorter arms and, and, and all sorts of stuff like, but then they, they can't do bench press very well, you know, and people with shorter arms will out bench that person. Yeah, that, like, that's obvious. But in calisthenics, like the way the, the, like the, the, the fulcrum point of the hips and the shoulders and the leverage and things like that affects it so much that Rad struggled a lot. I, I did a press to handstand like the fourth time I tried one, uh, you know, because I had that brute strength and just different levers, you know, it was just easier for me. Uh, and, and it's the same with L-sits and things like that. You know, Rad's, um, because of his spondylolisthesis and his pars uh, fracture and defect, he really struggles to get into an L-sit position. And for much of our childhood, he struggled to do a sit-up. You know, um, he had to build immense strength before he could do things that would seem quite easy for other people, you know, and that's just what you got to face. And so if, if that's you, if you have one of those body shapes that um, make it a little harder to do the skill, it doesn't mean you shouldn't practice doing it. It's just yeah, that it course. might take a little longer yeah. for you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So um, the reason why we believe that the the uh, the press to handstand masterclass is the better way to train for this is because we, after we learned how to do a press to handstand, we reverse engineered the process and turned it into three simple phases that had very clear milestones that took you from not being able to do a press to handstand at all to being able to do a press to handstand. So it's it really works. It's really really good. The way it works is because we combine the elements that are required for it very well, which is the compression strength, the flexibility, and then putting it together into the press to handstand and doing it in a progressive way. And also way. just doing it, putting it into a routine. Or yeah, workout, that's right. That's know. right. Putting it into a workout, not just giving you a whole bunch of things and saying, well, these things are what you use to get there and then trying to figure out how to, how to put it together. Yep. Um, of course, the results you can expect are that at the end of the program you'll be able to do a press to handstand once you once you do this now the w what we want to talk about now of course is how does it fit into the UMS um, online coaching program and I need to make this very very clear it comes after the foundations you do not try and do this while you're doing foundations at all focus 100% on the foundations program yep. it comes after you've done the handstand masterclass and at least can do a straight line handstand for about 10 seconds, pain-free, you know, for getting beyond 10 seconds is just a matter of needing to do more work, but you can do a straight line handstand. Yeah. And it comes after having a moderate level of flexibility, at least in the pancake and the middle splits, which means that if you haven't done it yet, you probably need to work on the flexibility masterclass. Once you have done that, once you have achieved those milestones, then you are ready to start working on the press to handstand. The press to handstand out of all the masterclasses is really the highest level one. There's no other masterclass that we say you need to work on another masterclass before you work on this masterclass, yeah. but the press to handstand is this. So yeah. pay very close attention to this. Now, if you've ticked off all those boxes and your body's conditioned and ready and you've you know nailed those standards I just said, then the press to handstand comes like this you either if you are willing if you are not willing to do really long training sessions then you replace 
the straight arm strength workouts on Wednesday and Saturday. These become your workouts. When Yanni and I did these, they do take about 45 minutes if you really stick to a clock, which means you're sweating and it really fatigues you. And if you're a little bit more cruisy, like the average person, they take about an hour to do. Yeah. Um, so it's more likely that you're just gonna straight up replace your straight arm strength workouts. But if you're a very high achiever, like we were, then it, it is at the start of the straight arm strength workout, and then you do a, a straight arm strength workout at the end that has a, a dramatically reduced volume. Yeah. And then you end up training for about two hours you know, yeah. when you do that. So that just depends on you know, how much time you're willing to put into it. And as I said as well, you can also even get a decent result by only doing this once a week. Doing this once a week versus doing it not at all is infinitely better oh, 100%. and you may do that once a week just for if you're not rushing to try and do it you might do that for three months yeah maybe even six months see how your body responds and then if you're going well and you think you know i really want to double down on this then bring it in twice a week yeah. because if you just go straight into doing it twice a week it's very likely that you're going to start feeling some constant doms in your hips and lower back that you've never felt before. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get a really good pike and pancake flexibility from this program. You're gonna get amazing back and shoulder strength, and you're gonna like dramatically level up your core and compression strength. You're gonna have abs all freaking day, so it's a great program to pursue. It does need a little bit of prior work and preparation. Well, I do urge everybody who has picked up any of these masterclasses. I'm gonna say this again like a broken record. If you haven't done a general preparations phase of training, if you haven't trained for harder training, balanced your body, balanced symmetry between left and right limbs, balanced joint structure integrity from opposing muscle groups, agonist, antagonist muscle groups, so you've reduced the glide and the, the damage that occurs in a joint when it's unstable. And if you haven't balanced strength and flexibility, if you're super strong and really unflexible or really flexible but really weak, then you need to go back and do a general preparations phase of training. That's exactly what our foundations program does. Uh, and most good strength coaches or personal trainers will understand what that means and be able to help you out. If you are in doubt, join it, our UMS movement, uh, join our UMS online coaching group. Yeah, because it, you it, know? And, and beyond what Yanni just said as well, understand that the, the, the programs that we've written are extremely effective. But the road to get there is different for everyone. Mm. Everybody, un everybody uncovers issues in their body that are different to each other. And that's where you need access to good coaches like what we provide you access to in the UMS online coaching program. Yeah, so absolutely. that when you, when you come across these issues, you can say, hey, um, you know, how do I, what do I do about this? Like just recently, um, we just yesterday, Kevin Lee posted a uh, um, video of him doing a head to toe um, stretch, meaning he touches his forehead to his toe. That's an insane level of flexibility. And he makes this big comment saying, yes, one down, one to go, meaning that he got it on one side. On the other side, it's about three fingers away. Um, and someone, uh, Harrison, has come in and said, how long did it take you to achieve this? This is my uh, six weeks of uh, home workout. He's been doing the home workouts for six weeks. And, and Kevin has said, it's been a good 18 months, at least since I first started, but progress wasn't anywhere near linear or continuous. I've been through some grade one hamstring tears, high hamstring tendon, etc which set me back 
And he's saying that um, a key difference to him, to, to what got him there, was that when he was doing it on his own before the UMS online coaching program, he was just basically doing general stretching. He didn't understand the concept of end range strength and of strengthening. And it's through the coaching that we've provided him that he's been able to work through these hurdles and, and develop an insane level of flexibility, like superhuman levels. But yeah, it's, it's, it's through access to people that can say, hey, this is why you've achieved this and this is what your strategy needs to be to get around it, which goes well beyond, here's the program, just follow that. Yeah. So yeah, guys. Absolutely. And remember, 12 days of Christmas, it goes all the way until next Thursday. You've got a great opportunity, 14 day free trial, plus every masterclass we've created to date included. Uh, get onto it. What have you got to lose? Now, speaking of online coaching, we have to. We're a minute late. We yep, need to jump over in. to the online coaching group for our weekly group coaching call. We've got lots and lots of tribe members in there posting videos of their progress that we need to help them out with. So we will see you next week. Next week is going to be a cracking series. We're doing our goal setting and motivation series Monday through Thursday to Christmas Eve. Uh, anyone who wants to achieve more in 2021 than you achieved to date, this series is for you. We're going to show you how to hack motivation and set goals that you will actually achieve. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.